Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know what you've done Good evening, good evening, good evening everyone This is your host, Dr. Nancy And we are on scan number 3353 On Stop Child Abuse Now radio show with NASCA Okay, so NASA stands for the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Nancy B. Brown-Willis, and if you'd like to call in, we do have a guest line, and you're welcome to join us on the panel tonight. That phone number is 646-595-2118. Again, that number is 646-595-2118. And we would love for you to join us. We'd love to hear hear from you. You know, um, tonight we're going to be really just uh, talking a little bit about healing. But before we do that, I'd love to be able to read our uh, bio, the mission statement for NASCA. We have a single purpose at NASCA, issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so with only two goals. One, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic, worldwide problem that affects everyone, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services, to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. I see that we have someone who has joined us. I'm going to unmute you. Please uh, state your name. Hi, it's Philip. Hey, thank you for joining me, Philip. We're the only two right now so far. But it's all good. Okay, so You're gonna be all good. how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Hey, you're my co-host right now. I'm good. Hello, well. Um, tonight, it is what it is. That's what it's. That's what God said tonight. You, you, my, you next to me. So we rewriting this. We riding this till the wheels come off. Okay. All right. So tonight, we. I want to make sure you know. We can talk about different things. Okay. This is not just my what I want to talk about, but I will set it off. 
Um, and doing so, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about healing, okay? And I wanted to kind of focus on healing because, you know, Happy New Year's, y'all. You know, we're in a new year, new season. I know that we're used to saying that a lot of the time. Um, and, you know, you know, we're used to saying that a lot of the times, and then we don't actually go ahead and really kind of stick to it. Like, what are we going to do to really try to better ourselves this year? And many times we get stuck. We get stuck in guilt. We get stuck in, you know, um, we might sometimes get stuck in feeling bad for ourselves, right, if, especially if you don't have nobody around you that's kind of feeling bad for your stuff, for you. We may get stuck hey, we got to love ourselves, and, and who's going to stick up for us, okay? Nobody but us. Um, nobody but us. And so uh, in doing that, I think it's important for us to take accountability for our own healing and really start to take the steps to work on being better us, you know? So what's your thought about that? Have you worked? I know I'm, I already know that you do because I, I see you here. You know, but have what's your thought about that, Philip? Um, well, I like to improve myself. Well, I'll just read something that I just saw that kind of relates to this. It says you need three daily wins: a physical win, a mental win, and a spiritual win. So one of the physical wins was walking, running, lifting, swimming. A mental win was reading, writing, creating, learning, and a spiritual win was praying, meditating, studying, and growing. Would you count a talk radio show as a mental win or a spiritual win, Miss Nancy? Oh, I like that. Okay, so what was the question, the last one? Would I count a what as a, a spiritual or mental win? What was the question? This talk radio show. Oh, this this talk radio show. As a mental win or a spiritual win, you said? Yes. That was a good question. I'm going to tell you this. It really depends who's hosting. Okay, because if you're if you're well, first of all, it really depends who's hosting. It depends who's in the room and it depends what what sharing means to them personally. Okay, so if you show up and you don't have like you're not like big on spirituality, then you're going to focus more on like the mental part of it. Right. Um, Or, you know, your heart, the mental. Uh, But if you have like a spiritual connection, spiritually uh, or a connection um, religiously or a connection uh, just outside of just your mind, uh, then it'll be what it is for you. And that's what makes it so special because it impacts you individually. So what's, what's your thought about the show? What type of healing do you see it as? What area for you personally? I see it's something that's helping me grow up and be an adult and mature and, like, grow independent. That's what I see, to be honest with you. And why does it help you to mature? How? Because it's helping me form connections with other adults. Yeah, that was good. I like that. I agree, especially if you will kind of keep, you kind of keep yourself alive. Um I can relate because uh, I do a lot of outward community work, but I actually like being, you know, I, I have a little bit of, you know, I deal with some social anxiety, so I'm not big on um, hanging out, hanging out, hanging out. Like I have to take a break from people, 
you understand what I'm trying to say. Like, I can people for, for a while, but then I break. So it's over, I go, it can be overwhelming for me sometimes. And so uh, coming on the show, it gives me a good balance because I don't have to physically be like in a group of people, and then I have to try to figure out how to excuse myself from that group. But it allows me to come in, um, interact with other adults, just like you said, and grow in certain areas. And then, and I'm, you know, I could be sitting in my bed. I could be in my office. I could be in my uh, living room, and I'm still going to get the, so it doesn't have that pressure of trying to get ready, trying to figure out what I'm aware, trying to get figure out how I'm gonna get there, trying to figure out who's gonna be there, trying to figure out, you know, just I is just a little uh peaceful for me. What's your thought? You prefer um, in person? Go ahead. Um, I'm having a really good connection in person and over the phone. So it's hard for me to pick one of them right now because I have really good connections at church and at my meetings, and I have really good connections on the Tech Radio show too. So I can't pick one. Mm. See, and that's good, and that's why it's good to have like difference of opinion, like you said. For you, it's healthy to to do the meetings every week, and you know you go to church and you have uh, you're around people, and it's healthy for you. Whereas for others. Um, you know, some people may feel like that might be a little overwhelming, but for you, that is actually healthy. And to be quite honest with you, being, you know, surrounding yourself with people and, um, and getting out is healthy. Um, and it is, you know, it's something that people should work on. Um, if you're uncomfortable being around people, sometimes joining groups or doing things to kind of push you, it is helpful because it pushes you and uh, pushes you to a place otherwise you wouldn't feel comfortable going. Um, and so I agree with you that that's actually healthy. That's really important to be able to do that. Um, it's not good to just isolate yourself completely, and it's good to just have a healthy balance, right? And I find myself um, doing that when I volunteer. I feel like I'm in a position of control where I'm in control of what I'm doing. I give, and then I, you know, remove myself and not to connect and then go home. So it works for me as well. I think it is healthy to be able to do that. Um, You know, I brought up spiritual... Um, healing. And when you say spiritual healing, what do you think about when you think spiritual healing? I think about spending time with God and having him push me past what I can't get past on my own. And maybe him, maybe in the future, healing me from my childhood trauma. Okay. Okay. And I think that that's really, really important. I feel like spiritual healing is just so deep and it's so um, it's so personal that, um, you know, you have to definitely protect it. Um, you know, I, I was looking at um, corners in the area of spiritual healing and uh, I have here number one, 
um, you know, spiritual healing when you're going through that process and that journey, number one would be kind of seeking the source of the suffering. So, like, what hurts you or what's going on? What's, what's that discomfort? Where's the suffering coming from? Uh, where are the patterns coming from? Right? Where are the relationship issues coming from? Dissatisfaction. Uh, um, you know, mm-hmm. exploring some of the past traumas. And so, trying to understand, seeking the source of that suffering. Okay? Then we also have questioning beliefs and expanding your worldview. So, you know, at that stage, you know, you start to question, challenge current understanding of the world, okay? Uh, You might start to explore different religions and different philosophies and different perspectives to gain a greater understanding of the world, Uh, you know, and and your place in it, like who am I, where am I, you know, different stages that uh, you may go through. Um, and many times, you know, when you go through that stage, it can be very exciting, but a lot of times it, it can really be scary. Um, you know, you might feel a sense of discomfort or confusion um, and because you're learning about a new idea, a new concept. You, uh, you hear people, let's say that you grew up in their religion or certain belief. Uh, and now you're learning about God or somebody's telling you there is no God, and you know, because you're going out trying to figure things out. And so it's just, it's a lot, you know, but it's just a place that you kind of open up to see and understand, like, what is going on. Then you have, um, you know, uh, number three is spirituality. Um, and so... You know, you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to connect with something greater than yourself. Uh, you think of the universe, right? Uh, and then you really find yourself maybe even experimenting and exploring religion, okay, and spiritual practices and teachings and things like that. And it's a very emotional You know, some people go into it with meditation and yoga, energy healing, prayers, I'm mindfulness and things like that. Um, but it's a very deep place uh, to be, spiritually deep place to be. Um, have you ever tried any of those things? Um, I've tried walking, running, lifting, swimming, reading, learning, praying, meditating. I've tried all of those. And do you try, you said, um, do you try praying too sometimes because you go to church and stuff? Do you yes. pray? Okay. So you connect to prayer. Okay. Cool. Okay. I used to go to a Bible oh. study with my friends. Okay. Your church friends? Or your yes. just your neighbors? My church friends. Okay. And they're open to speaking about God and everything like that? Yes. So, um that's good. So what do you what type of studying do you guys do normally? What's what's your question? So what type of studying do you guys do? Do you guys like meditate on the scripture and kinda talk about it or a story from the Bible? We would go through Go ahead. No, I said, or dreams. We, like, you guys are like, hey, God gave me this dream, this thought. 
What we would do when we did it, like we would go through books of the Bible and read them chapter by chapter, and then we would study the chapter after we took turns reading verses. And then you guys would just kind of go back and forth and try to see what it means to you guys, like reflecting on it? Yes. And then some of us would even take notes and send them ahead of time. So we would have something to go off of. I like that. And then two weeks ago, me and two other friends went to the park, and we walked and we prayed. Nice. I like that because it's to have, like, a safe space, a safe group of people that you can kind of share your heart with and God meditate without the fear of judgment. Yeah. How did you find this group? You found it Mom, how did I find this group? Um, You took me to church, right? Mm -hmm. The Bible study group that I do at church, I found them at church. I found my friends at church, Miss Nancy. Mm. That's good. I had somebody um, talking to me about the fact that they wanted to do some Bible studying. And um, they were interested in, you know, Bible study. Um, but they didn't know where to go. And so do you do these groups with your uh, church friends? Like, just you guys are just starting it, or are you guys looking to expand on it? We don't do it oh, anymore. Yeah. Oh, you Sorry. used to do your group. Okay, you're not doing it right this minute. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Okay. How long was it when the Bible study at the Hogs House for? For like six months? Mm-hmm. Maybe for like six months since Nancy. Like like maybe a year ago or six months ago for six okay. months. Okay. Well, I like the fact, at the end of the day, I like the fact that you guys took that initiative because um, some people, they don't feel that they, you know, know where to go to kind of get deeper in each chapter in the safe space. So I like the fact that you guys took initiative. All right, so, excuse me, here I have number four, uh, contemplation and self-reflection. Um, this space is marked by heightened solitude and an introspection as you begin to examine your life in a deeper way. It's a question like, who am I? Who am I? Who I am? Who am I? You know, um, why am I here? You may go through that phase where you're trying to figure out what's your purpose. Why were you born? Um, so through meditation and journaling uh, and spending time in nature and doing other introspective practices, you know, you start to really gain a, a deeper understanding of your thought and your emotions and your actions and how they really shape your reality. Right? So it's important to explore and to embrace uh, that lifestyle. Uh, and some people will call it a hermit lifestyle, um, you know, um, and, and sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to go into a little hermit lifestyle. And I think um, I go into those quite often, um, and I don't mean any harm when I do it, but sometimes I just want to be at peace and try to figure out what I'm doing next, and I don't want distractions. And so um, that's what some people do, that, that self uh, you know, and they, and they do this with patience and self-compassion. And that's what we were talking about earlier, that, you know, some people, 
may go into self-pity or feel like, uh, you know, what was me and get stuck in that place. But, excuse me, there's a healthy way to to love yourself and support yourself and be kind to yourself, to be patient with yourself and practice self-compassion uh, when you're navigating through the phase of healing. And it's okay, you know, um, and you have to do those things for yourself because you may not have anybody around you that says, dang, I'm, I love you. I'm so proud of you. You are such a survivor, like, and rub your back and really embrace, like, your real journey, you know, but you know your real journey. You know things about your journey so that nobody else knows. So you take the self-support um, and self-compassion and love on yourself and encourage yourself and get yourself, help yourself get to the next stage. Um all right, so number five, the one that I had here was um, confusion and dissolution, okay? So basically at some point in your spiritual awakening process, you may begin to doubt the uh, validity of your previous spiritual experiences, okay? And then you may feel uncertain about the concept of spirituality altogether. So it's normal for some people to go through the stage where they're like, yes, 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 and then be like questioning and I'd be like, wait a minute, what is going on, you know? Um, and, um, you know, it could be challenging to reconcile your internal experiences with the external aspects of your life. And you might struggle with letting go of your current belief system, uh, which is a process. You know, that's part of the growth, okay, in the spiritual uh, growth and the spiritual journey. Um, but it's really important that when you're in those spaces, it's very crucial that you remain patient, like we just said, and be kind to yourself, like we always say, and keep an open mind and make sure to seek guidance from experienced spiritual teachers and mentors and communities. And so like Philip said earlier, he sought um, support from his spiritual community, his brothers. Uh, I don't know if it was brothers and sisters, um, but um, his spiritual family. Uh, he was able to come with them, and they were able to share notes and create a safe space to grow spiritually. Okay. So, again, uh, it's important to reach out to teachers, mentors, and communities. And, you know, and really, um, they can be really valuable resources, you know, as you're trying to really navigate through the complexities of spiritual healing and awakening and uh, finding, you know, that support and knowledge and guidance uh, from those people that have been through similar experiences really can be very helpful because it's really difficult when you're like going through that healing, spiritual healing side of this spiritual healing. (laughs) I'm going to say it twice. It can be very challenging and it could be very difficult because sometimes you feel alone. I don't know if uh, anyone can relate. I can't really. Uh, I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. I was texting. But is there somebody else on here? Yeah, somebody just came in too. Uh, But what I what I said was, what I said was, um, you know, when you're going through the spiritual healing, um, many times you may have a really difficult time. um, Pretty much connecting with people and uh, engaging and just kind of finding that support. Some people may feel um, 
you know, they may feel like they may feel alone in, in the walk, you know. So it's just really important, again, just to be kind of gentle with yourself and patient with yourself and um, and reach out, you know, to community. And I know that, um, you know, Philip, you did that when you uh, reached out to your community and you created uh, that safe space where you all can support each other through through the journey. So I just uh, was saying what's your, you know, did you ever kind of feel, uh, did you ever question any part of your journey? Like the kind of when you were trying to like learn about God, maybe you were a baby in, in that stage. Did you ever kind of question a little bit about the process or were you scared a little bit? Well, yes, I questioned a lot, and I still question a lot, but not as much as I used to. And, like, I used to have a lot of doubts and be really scared and, like, be really patient with myself. I used to be super patient with myself, and I still am, but I'm pushing myself now to, like, get my life together. But I had to be patient with myself because of the abuse I endured. Because I guess that's one of the things we're supposed to do is be patient with ourselves until we heal. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to be patient with ourselves because, like, like we were saying earlier, that guess what? Nobody else will be. So it's up to us. We owe it to ourselves to give ourselves that love that maybe we missed or we didn't receive at one point when it was mostly needed. So um, we have to be patient with ourselves. That's true. Um, I have here, excuse me, I have here for number six, surrender and accepting the present moment. Uh, you know, it's pretty interesting because in that stage, you begin to understand that resisting what is happening in your life only causes more suffering sometimes. It could cause more suffering when you try to resist. Let's say God is trying to move you to a different season and you're like, no, I don't want to go to that season. I'm not ready. I want to hold on to the past. I want to hold on to those uh, those other things that I'm familiar with, but he's moving you and shifting you into a different direction. It's okay to move into the different direction and to shift. Um, and sometimes holding on to the old things can cause more suffering. Okay. Um, and you're not, you know, completely in control of your life, you know, in the area of spirituality. God's in control of your life, okay? Uh, and so surrendering and accepting the present moment can be challenging, of course, right, especially if you've been used to trying to control everything around you. But um, that stage really does require you to trust God and trust and to believe uh, that everything is happening and has happened for a reason uh, and everything will work together for his good. Uh, and so, again, you know, during that stage, it's just important for you to do your best to trust uh, the process and to, you know, and to see the challenges and for you to see the challenges and the opportunities for growth and personal transformation through that process. Okay. Have you um, ever experienced, I don't know, uh, whoever's listening, if anybody would like to unmute themselves, you can. Um, and if you don't want to, you don't have to. If you have a loud background, you don't have to. If you're not comfortable, that's fine. But um, we would love to hear from you. You know, this is a discussion. Uh, have you in your recovery, healing, 
spiritual healing process, did you ever go through a stage where God was pulling you in one direction and you were scared maybe and you just felt stuck, like, you know, you or you were fighting that pull, like he's telling you come this way and you're like, wait a minute, but this is what I know. But then you realize, wow, going that way is what he really wanted for me and it was better. Anybody? Anybody? All right, well, me, I know I have. There's been plenty of times that, uh, you know, God's been dealing with me, and he's trying to take me to a place, but then I feel like I know what I'm doing, and he's like, no, that's not what we're going to do. Uh, And so, again, surrendering our will and trusting God because he is, ultimately the one in control. And so um, that is very important for us to be, you know, to get to that place where uh, we can trust God. Okay. We put here, you know, we have Paula on the line. So I don't know if you, uh, when you do get a chance, please join us. All right. So we have number seven, uh, formative experiences. Okay. And during that stage, you know, a lot of times you become aware of um, interconnectedness, interconnectedness of all things uh, and experience an expanded sense of self and purpose, okay? Um, So you may attain like a greater understanding of your soul's journey uh, while you're feeling a strong pull towards fulfilling your life's mission. So you may, again, you may go through this stage where you're like, I'm walking on purpose. I'm going to fulfill my purpose here, and I'm going to, you know, helping people who've been through what I've been through or helping people that, like, are like me, that's my sole purpose. That's my purpose. And so, you know, um, that's a very beautiful place to be, you know, uh, and that can be very life-changing and profound um, because then you start to view yourself and others in the world in a new light. You start to really take a different approach uh, in this in this stage. Uh, you, you become more open-minded and you have more of a willingness to explore uh, different experiences without judgment. You, you start to uh, probably be more empathetic and you gain uh, more understanding and transformation um, during that time that can really have a significant impact on your lifelong spiritual journey. Okay. So, um, you know, as you're healing, you really start to to find your purpose. So I'm going to open up the mic again. Uh, Philip, I don't want to call you out because you're the only one talking right now, but have you, in your spiritual journey, have you found your purpose? Have you found times that you were like, wow, this feels like my purpose? Um. Yes, but I'm not comfortable sharing what my purpose is. Okay. That's fine. It's a process. Um, It's a process as we're growing. Um, But definitely, um, one thing that I normally say is, you know, at this point in my life, um, I have to be walking in purpose on purpose. So if it's not fulfilling and it's not 
in alignment with where, what some of the things that God has shown to me and revealed to me in the past, if it's like really just toxic or anything, I just remove myself. For me, I have to be around purpose-minded people and just in a positive, purposeful atmosphere. For me, it's like very, very healing, and especially in where I am in my healing journey. Um, so that's one thing. But again, when you start to walk in, uh, in your spiritual journey um, and you start to see uh, some of these life-changing experiences take place, there is just a, a very profound place to be. Um, and so here I have um, number eight for dedication to spiritual to a spiritual path. Um, Wait, I'd like to say so something in- about number seven. Our purpose, it's everybody's purpose to feed the poor people, right? That's what it says in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is so like the main purpose of... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh-uh, go ahead. It says, like, the main purpose of man is to feed the, the poor people. I think it says it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so our our purpose here on earth really is bigger than ourselves, right? Is to help those in need, is to be kind, um, is to walk in love, forgiveness, healing, those sort of things. So um, um, I shared a scripture a few days ago. It was Colossians 3 and 12, okay? And it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Okay. So, um, you know, nobody's perfect, but, you know, it's important to kind of, you know, clothe yourself in in those emotions and those feelings and, Surround yourself with uh, people that help you to feel that way. So for me, when I volunteer, all those emotions come out. Just like you said, feeling, feeding the homeless or feeding poor people um, is part of the purpose, right? And it, when you do it, it makes you feel good. So that's when you know you're walking in purpose because you're doing something in an area of, helping others that helps you to feel good just by helping others or just by being kind because the scripture here says again therefore as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourself with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience clothe yourself with it so that means that if you're around people that make you do all the opposite of these things, then you're in the wrong environment because God wants you to grow to be beautiful, loving, and kind. And if you cannot feel like that, then you're in the wrong group of people. For me, when I'm volunteering, I feel all these things. I feel compassion. I feel kindness. I feel humility. I feel I'm a servant. I bow my head a certain way. Like I'm literally, I go into servant mode. It helps and then me I have feel to like have I'm to... somebody valued. It helps me feel like I'm actually valued and important when I volunteer. Yeah. 
Oh, and you are. You're around people that love you, that love your time, appreciate your time, and see valuing your time. There's no greater feeling to me when I'm volunteering than when those people come up to me and like, thank you, thank you, because they're so, they're, they're probably going through hell, okay? And they're so grateful to have you and to be in your press, for you to be in there, just for you to be there with them. And that feels good. That feels, that makes me feel good. I want to be around people that hate me. I want to be around people that appreciate my time. And I find that with, like, the homeless or the people in jail or I find that feeling. It helps me to feel good. It gives me a sense of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And that was Colossians 3.12, okay? So um, number eight. I don't know if anybody has a comment. Let me just open up again. walking in purpose and um, what helps you to feel like your life has purpose and I just shared again that for me when I'm volunteering it helps me to feel I feel good it helps me to feel fulfilled and I feel like my life has some form of purpose because I'm helping those people who are in need and that helps me to feel good I feel appreciated I feel loved and I feel respected, and it makes me really, really feel good. All right, so number eight, dedication to a spiritual path, okay? And we see that a lot with people who, you know, may be a part of um, of a um, spiritual organization, right? So your interest in spirituality is combined with self-reflection, spiritual insights, and transformative experiences, right? And they will eventually motivate you to choose a spiritual path, okay? They will eventually um, lead you to to choose some form of a spiritual path, okay, to follow. Uh, when you dedicate yourself to, to a spiritual path, uh, you're making a promise to yourself to stay true to your beliefs and values. So when people are dedicated to a spiritual path, I mean, that's a personal thing. It's a very personal thing, um, but it takes a lot of dedication, and it really takes discipline um, that's very, sometimes very difficult if you're not used to having discipline. But to be able to say, well, you know, I'm not going to do that because it's not right. I'm, I'm gonna, and that's something that you've been doing, but you're trying to really be dedicated and make a change, and you're making promise. You're making a promise to yourself to stay true to the beliefs and the values. Um, that's a beautiful thing, you know. Uh, so dedication to a spiritual path can bring a sense of inner peace and fulfillment, okay. And as well, also, it could also bring a sense of belonging to a community of like-minded individuals. So um, if you join a, a spiritual group, um and you just have this amazing, profound feeling in the inside of your heart, and it feels so good. And then um, you join the group, and they're just as passionate or just as, just like as motivated about um, your spiritual beliefs as you are. It is really a beautiful sense of community and support, and it creates a safe environment. Okay. That commitment definitely will help you navigate some challenges that may arise uh, and, and help to keep you focused on your goals. 
and there are many, many, many different uh, paths to spirituality. Uh, that's a personal choice, and it's uh, a personal journey, uh, and it's not a destination. So it's literally a personal journey. Uh, so just be patient with yourself and uh, trust that, you know, everything will unfold on its perfect timing. For me personally, um, my relationship, I have a personal relationship with God um, as a Christian. You know, um, there's um, a lot of different religions, and I've um, gone to a lot of different organizations and groups. And, you know, at the base of everything, um, love, if you know that love is there, then, you know, you risk everybody. Because as long as it's not hate and, and they're practicing love and they're, disciplined and they believe in their heart they're doing what God's calling them to do and they're doing what they're supposed to do. You respect everybody's religion and everybody's opinion and uh, and respect their spiritual healing journey. Okay. So I have number nine and we're almost done with number 10. Number nine, you know, uh, integrate new experiences and develop wisdom. Okay, so at that point, you have had several experiences, uh, and you've you've experienced several powerful spiritual experiences, and have undergone a significant transformation. As you continue your spiritual journey, it's important to integrate these new experiences into your everyday life. Okay, so one thing is learning, going out and learning, and then having some experiences, but then integrating them into your life and practicing and developing your wisdom. That is very important, okay? Um, as you continue your spiritual journey, it is important to integrate these new experiences into your everyday life. Activities that are helpful to integrate these experiences include, like Philip said earlier, journaling. Spending time in nature, talking to friends or mentors, practicing self-care. How do you, um, what are some of the activities that you said were helpful to you, Philip? Um, mostly walking, to be honest with you. I walk down my long driveway. Mm, okay, walking is good which is good because it releases hormones, your lungs open up, your blood starts flowing, uh, and that's really helpful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, the more you do these things, um, it really does help to deepen your sense of wisdom and spiritual understanding. Okay. Um, and then you, you allow that wisdom really to uh, guide you on a path and help you make decisions that really help to align you with your highest self, okay? As you continue to develop that wisdom, it's important to share it with others, and that's what we're doing here in NASCAR. We come together and we say, hey, let's share some of the wisdom, some of the things that we've learned. Like today, we're all in this room. We have been through something, some form of trauma at some point in our lives. Uh, and I know last Wednesday we were able to share more. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe uh, some of our guests tonight can't really speak tonight. And that's okay. We're here to support and we're here to encourage and we're here to empower and we're here to help. help and we're here to heal together. Because healing, for me, healing is a lifelong journey. Healing is not going to happen overnight. Healing is a lifelong journey. 
but as long as we continue to stay positive um, and as we continue to grow, we continue to share the wealth uh, and the knowledge and the wisdom and pour into others. I think that's the most important and powerful part of healing. And that's one of the things that we've been able to do through NASCA. If you guys do get a chance to go on the website, is nasca.org, okay? And we have just so much information on here. We have NASCA programs. Um, I'm going to come back to the number 10 in one minute, but I just want to make sure that we um, understand that there's a lot of resources. Our, our shows are all on the website. You can always go in and check the different um, shows using these scan numbers. Uh, so, again, our scan number tonight is 3353. So if you ever want to go back and listen to it, you can. I'm normally on on Wednesdays, uh, and I really just uh, enjoy serving with these wonderful group of people who are also survivor professionals. They are professionals in their own right. They've worked very hard in their recovery and still continue to do the work in their own recovery and, and being able to pour into others and help others recover. Um, and Philip, you've been a big part of that. You've been a big part of that sharing and, and connecting and encouraging many people that are listening. I'm proud of you as well. Thank you. Here. Paula. Thank you for joining us tonight. We appreciate you. Hopefully we get to hear from you at some point. I know you're a little bit busy in the back, but definitely love to hear uh, from your wisdom. I'm going to just, again, we have the NASCA programs link on the NASCA website, and we have the global recovery groups. We have a starting recovery group. So if you're interested in starting a recovery group, you're definitely able to um, pitch that to our uh, President uh, Bill, and uh, and that's something we can talk about. Um, we have the Scan Talk Radio shows again. You know these scan numbers are saved, and you're always able to go listen to your recording. Okay, we have um, we have a lot of different uh, things here. We have news articles and stats. Uh, we have the newsletters. Okay. And so much information. Uh, recovery as an adult, you know, self-help groups, professional help, find a professional, local government help, books, list scan, commercial, and I'm sorry, comments and letters, and NASCA on Facebook. So we are on Facebook. We would love for you all to join the group on Facebook just to stay updated with some of the things that are coming up. Sometimes we don't post, like I don't post when I'm going to be on the radio all the time and some of us don't, but if you check in with us every night, pretty much um, you will uh, be able to join a group at 8 p.m. Eastern Central Time um, um, every, uh, pretty much every day during the week. Okay. So now let me go to number 10. Anybody would like to say anything? So we're going to go to number 10, uh, connecting to the divine, 
okay? For me, um, it's connecting to God, but basically at this stage, um, it's about, that stage is really about acknowledging the presence of the higher power, um, in my case it's God, and connecting with it on a deeper level. And so, like, really saying, okay, there's something bigger than me. This is not, you know, some people are like, oh, there's, this is us, that's it. And in the spiritual healing journey, you know it's something bigger than you. You feel the connection. You know it's bigger than you. Nobody can tell you anything outside of that because you've had enough experience in that area and the spiritual journey to know there's something bigger than you. And it's sometimes you can't explain it, and it's okay. It's okay. Maybe you've had, um, again, just personal experiences that have led you to to know that there's something bigger than you, and, and that's a beautiful place to be. Huh. So that was ten, but um, to be quite honest with you, I had more than ten, but I'll just stop there for a minute. Um, did anybody want to say anything or have any comments? Nope. Okay. All right, because I'm going to go to 11 then. Live authentically with purpose. You know, we were talking about purpose earlier. And, you know, during that part of your spiritual journey, Okay, uh, you'll notice really a significant change in how you approach life. You know, you'll begin living more authentically by aligning yourself with with your soul's desire and fulfilling your potential. Like I said, you know, if, if you're like, hey, God told me to feed the homeless and I'm going to go to the food bank once a month and I'm going to feed the homeless. And then there you go. You're fulfilling your purpose. Okay. Um You'll understand uh, that your purpose is not just about material success or meeting societal expectations, but about fulfilling your unique role in the cosmic plan. So really, again, what what is it, you know? What is it? Is it helping other people, leading people to to salvation? Is it, I mean, what is it for you? Okay. And then uh, number 12 is moving into service stage, you, you know, you become drawn towards helping those in need, and that's what we were just talking about, volunteering your time and resources to causes that align with your values. So for people who've been through domestic violence, they sometimes will volunteer at a domestic violence uh, center. People that have been through jail, they may volunteer at a jail or have been through, um, you know, juvenile system, they may volunteer in those places. Somebody who's been through loss. Um, I know I've done hospice volunteering. I used to volunteer at a hospice center, and I did it, uh, and I got a few of my friends involved and, in Boston, and I enjoyed it. I used to go to the hospitals, like, at least I used to work with at least 12 hospitals in Boston doing the medical wigs, um, and I did that for many years in Boston. That's what I was, one of the things I was known for. Um, and I had, I built a nonprofit called uh, Charm Boston, doing that in Boston with a group of people. And we would go to the hospitals and uh, give out wigs, the medical wigs, and do makeovers and uh, makeup for terminally ill uh, patients. Okay, one of our patients um, 
you know, she was uh, nine months pregnant. We went into the, the hospital college. We went in, did the makeover, pregnant. And then, you know, she had the baby and she was not around long after that. But those beautiful memories her child will have of her with her, um, I would do bracelets. It was called Charm Boston. And so I would do charms uh, and give it to, to my clients after we were done doing the services. And that's something I was very passionate about. I enjoyed doing. That was that season that God had me in. And that was my life's purpose at that time. And it doesn't matter how big it is or how small the project may seem to you, if you hear Feed the Homeless or Clothes Volunteer, I used to, you know, get donated wigs and people would send me the wigs. I would give it to the hospital. And, hey, you're just walking in your purpose, minding your business and doing what's right for you that, you know, you're called to do. Would anybody else like to share anything? I know we're almost done. Almost out of time, y'all. And it's okay. Sometimes we have those nights where uh, people can't really speak, but they call in just to hear or to receive support. Um, again, some people start a nonprofit. Some people uh, join yeah. activists. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Paula. Hey, Paula. Hey. Oh, hold on. I don't know if you can hear me like this. Uh, well, I just wanted to say real quick, I apologize. I was was making rounds, so I've been on listening. Um, and I wanted to kind of hear a little bit. Of, you were talking about living in your purpose. What was your point? What was this point about? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, living in your purpose, like, um, you know, God calls us all to do something that is in alignment with maybe, let's say that you've been through, Okay, like you shared, you've been through adoption, and you shared that, you know, you're a single mother, you shared, um, you know, different things you shared, and then God starts to call you to volunteer in that area. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of aligning yourself with your purpose, things that make you feel good. Like me, I like working with the juveniles. You know what I mean? I went through the juvenile system at one point. So I, I, it feeds my spirit when the kids are being respectful. They're being, they're like, thank you. They're like, you know, appreciating my time. That makes me feel good. That, that helps me to fulfill a purpose that, you know, and when I used to like volunteer with, uh, with the wigs, that's an area that doesn't cost me a lot because I'm gifted in that area. I was doing it for people who, uh, were terminally ill and had hair loss. So it's like mm-hmm. walking in your purpose is finding that thing that makes you feel good when you do it and you're giving to others. It's a greater cause bigger than you. It's not about materialistic things, but it's about that good feeling of giving and being appreciated and respected for your time and your love. Yeah. I was just going to say that um, I have... I don't know. I don't ever. I don't think that, or I've unknowingly walked in my purpose because I've always questioned myself. What am I supposed to do? And a lot of people say, you know, what you do, 
what you love to do that you wouldn't even charge people to do. You just do it naturally. That's normally your purpose. And I had to, I've always tried to look for certain things, and I'm thinking, I know what I normally do. I'm normally drawn to people. I'm normally drawn to um, helping and trying to figure out a problem solver. Um, and that's something that I do like uncontrollably. I'm, I got to figure out why this person's going through what they're going through. I, I know there's a deep cause, a deep rooted, you know, there's something that came from a deeper place. And I'm like, I got to find out that place because you can't heal or heal on surface. So for years, I've always looked at other people and I'm like trying to figure out, well, how they get to do that, why are they doing it, that what makes them do that. And I guess my purpose is what I'm just accepting is that I am a, I like to counsel people. I like to talk. I like to listen and I like to help. And sometimes your purpose, you have to be okay with what your purpose is. It may not look like somebody else's, you know, and that's something that I struggle with. I'm like, but it doesn't look like this. It doesn't look like that. Even when I look at my kids, they're very artistic. They are very creative. And I'm like, I don't write, I don't sing, I don't dance, but I am in the arts, in the industry where there's a place for me even in that um, because I am behind the scenes and I'm making sure everybody's okay so they can be their best when they do the things that they're supposed to do. So I guess I was just reiterating on your purpose, and it's something that you you don't mind doing. It's something that comes natural. You know, it's a passion that it drives you. It That's what keeps you motivated and going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I like I like that you said that because you said that it's something that you would do for, even for free. Mhm. And a lot of people won't do much for free. So you know, if you're doing something and you'll do it for free, it's is really a good way to look to be like, wow, that like some people are like, I love. I have a client. She loves baking cupcakes, and she's like, I want to give it out to the neighborhood. And I just want to pass it out. And I'm like, wow, that's so beautiful. This young lady that I'm counseling, she just wants to, like, pass it out to the neighbors, like, just randomly. I thought that was so beautiful. That's so amazing. And it was, like, bigger than yourself. That's a purpose. And so we've been kind of honing in on that area because I see the, the passion behind it and the heart. Like you said, you would even do it for free that would cause you not to really burn out because it's something that you're passionate about. That's beautiful. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Philip, what's your thought about what yes. we're talking about? Yes. Any thoughts? No thoughts. Okay. Okay. Well, that was good. I like that. Um, here I see selfless, selfless service. Mm-hmm. So something that you said, 
you would even do it for free. And I see the word selfless service. Uh, So that practice can really create a sense of purpose and fulfillment while purifying the heart, dissolving the attachment of the ego, of the ego mind and deepening your connection to God. Okay. Now uh, I have here transcending duality and experiencing oneness. Okay. And at that stage, you know, you begin to see beyond the illusion of, Uh, separation and duality, rather than viewing things as either good or bad, black or white, you'll recognize them as different expressions of the same divine energy. Um, So basically this realization will lead you to embrace all the aspects of yourself, okay? Um, Everything, even your own shadow, okay? Um, And then you will see how important each of those things are within yourself in the whole you. And so um, you just pretty much get like a deeper sense of appreciation for yourself. And, um, and which is really important because I feel like, you know, the world alone already has so so much uh, condemnation or whatever, you know, somebody's always not complaining about you. Or somebody's always going to talk about you or not like you or be bothered by you. You have to literally just take some time to love every part of who God created you to be. You have to take some time to say, I love me. It's not being conceited. It's just being grateful. Okay, so the last, number 14, reciting in oneness. I kind of focused on spiritual healing. Uh, tonight, because that's kind of where we ended up going, Philip and I, while we were talking. But there are many different stages of healing, and I really have some. Maybe next week, I want to come back to that because there really are state different stages of healing. We're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about uh, me, forgiveness. We really, I want to really get into the, like the different stages of healing because. Um, it's just healing is just such a broad topic. I don't think you'll ever really have enough time to talk about healing. So many different stages of healing. But um, for number 14 here, I had reciting and oneness. Uh, and then that final stage of spiritual healing, you feel like you're fully awakened uh, to your true nature. And you start to live in a, in a constant awareness presence. Uh, you really start to really live in a constant state of awareness presence. Um, and then you no longer really emotions or physical body, but rather with uh, with the infinite consciousness um, of of life, you know. You just have a different level of gratitude for life. Uh, and then you really become free from limitations and egos and, uh, you live in a state of unconditional love and compassion. And, you know, you you're more, you become more protective of your peace and more protective of your healing um, and more protective of who you share those things with. I think um, you become just kind of sensitive about that, where before maybe you accepted abuse or you accepted um disrespect but in this stage you really want just that wholeheartedness of healing uh, as you're walking in 
in your healing. Does anybody have any comments in regards to that? So let me ask this. Um, as you guys are also walking in your own healing, do you find yourself being more protective of your healing? I know I've been hearing people talking about 2024. This is it. This is the season of this, and this is the season of that. Um, do you guys feel like you guys are a little bit more protective of your healing? Yes. Yeah. Um, and why do you feel that you're more protective with your healing? Because it's something that I had to earn. Hmm. That was good. Yep. Something that you had to earn. Yeah. And and it's a very special thing. And you have to protect it. Um, let me see. So, um, again, you know, we we don't really have I know we have like what twenty twenty minutes? Twenty five minutes. Um and so we don't really have too much time for um getting deep into um the different stages of healing. But um I did wanna kinda talk a little bit about about it, even though we're not gonna get deep in it. Um you know, there, there are different stages of healing. So I want to make sure that I open up one of my notes. And uh, that would be wound healing. Let me see. Uh, I'll put here. So I'm trying to open up one of my notes. And, yeah, all right. So. Pretty much, I'll open up this one. Uh, this one is talking about, this one's shorter, because I have some that are a little longer. So this one's a little shorter. This one talks about the, the six stages of emotional healing, okay? So the first one would be awareness of your emotions, okay? And uh, just basically increasing awareness of your emotions and naming what you feel, Uh you know, that's the first goal in emotional healing is really, again, the awareness. Well, we did talk a little bit about that um, earlier. Uh, regulation, which is like your nervous system, okay? Um, and then that really does deal with your nervous system. You know, you, your common feel anxious. You may feel anxious and uh, vulnerable. Those emotions you know, can arise. So calming your anxiety down and trying to learn how to deal with that, that's important. So that's part of emotional healing, okay, Re- regulations, okay. Um, expression, okay, the vulnerable emotions. Expressing your emotions does not just involve uh, the venting of defensive emotions of anxiety, shame, and guilt but also overcoming your avoidance of expressing primary emotions of fear, anger, grief, joy, excitement, disgust, and uh, and other forms of uh, emotions, okay? So, you know, being vulnerable and expressing your emotions, that's part of emotional healing, like really uh, getting and dealing with those emotional feelings, okay? Um, So reflection is number four. And um, 
you know, when you're activated, uh, or when you, <laughs> when activated in the present moment, those emotions, right, the painful memories, can be cognitively restructured uh, and restored by introducing new adult understanding and old situations. So, a lot of times when you reflect, um, and I've been doing that a lot lately, where I've been reflecting on on certain things, and uh, you know, sometimes you get new. Uh, new emotions or you get some wisdom or sometimes it opens up old painful experiences to be quite honest with you where you're like wow oof, lord you know and so um, reflections is a stage of emotional healing I don't know um, have any of you guys dealt with that like reflections or the way you express your emotions or regulation, like like it affecting your nervous system, maybe dealing with some anxiety as you're trying to heal your emotions or just that state of awareness where you're like recognizing that those things happened and you're becoming more aware and thinking about them. But again, um, for me, I've been reflecting a lot. So that's one of the things that stood out to me. Alrighty, well, Philip's call dropped, so the only person now on there is Paula. So I know you're at work, so I know you're muted too, but um, if anything stands out, please feel free to join me. If not, then I'll just uh, go to number five, okay? So the fifth stage in emotional healing is transformation, okay? And that is transformation of your emotions. Okay, the fifth stage of emotional healing involves the transformation of negative emotions into higher emotions. So you're literally fighting to take those negative emotions and turn them into positive emotions. I'm going to tell you, that is a process. Uh, Unless you're 100% in control of your recovering your healing, it's very difficult when you still have, you know, the other emotions and other people and other things that you have to process while you're trying to deal with your own transformation. It is heavy. Um, but at that stage, uh, it's maladaptive emotion, um, and it's not to be purged or gotten rid of. Uh, it is transformed into a chemical opposite. Uh, and so that process is, I don't know, it's... You deal with higher emotions, and it goes beyond the idea of uh, completion and letting go. So it is a process. And like we were speaking earlier, uh, Philip and myself, it is a process. And you have to be gentle with yourself in that process, okay? uh, Transformation can begin as simple as creating a daily creative practice or a positive affirmation practice. Uh, that helps with transformation. When you create that uh, affirmation saying, I am beautiful, I am smart, I will heal, I am strong, I am a leader, you know, I am love, I deserve love, I deserve respect. Those words uh, of positive affirmation and practices do help to shape and shift your transformation. Because even if you're fighting through it, the more you say it, the more you start to believe it, and it does shift something within yourself. And so in your own healing journey, 
in your own emotional healing and your own spiritual healing. I'm big on positive words of affirmation. It is so important. It really does do, um, it does create miracles in your situation by uh, pouring into yourself and using positive words of affirmation. Okay. Emotion-focused therapy, okay, that really does work uh, from a basic principle uh, that you must first arrive at a place before you can leave it, okay? That's emotion-focused therapy because a lot of times we don't like to feel the pain. And one of the things that I always tell people, I'm like, you got to feel to heal. They're like, what? I'm like, you got to feel in order to heal. And it's the truth. You got to go through the emotions. When I was dealing with healing my inner child, I had to feel, I was crying like a baby. I was crying like a baby. Why? Because I had a moment to really feel for, for that baby. Like that sweet child, I felt for that child. And that was a very uh, heartfelt moment for me. And it, and it um, had a lot of emotions involved. Ms. Paul, I don't know if you can speak, um, and I don't know if you've had dealing with your own healing or transformation, um, if you encountered, like, pain while you were trying to heal those emotions. Um, and, again, so emotion-focused therapy works from the basic principle that you must first arrive at a place before you can leave it. And in other words, that means you first have to feel it to heal it. Ooh, I like that because I always say you gotta, you gotta feel to heal. Well, you gotta feel it to heal it. That's the word on the street. So if you can uh, speak, Miss Paula, please unmute yourself. If you can't, because I know you're at work, don't don't worry about it. But I'm gonna give you a minute to see. Well, I know you're at work, so if the background's loud and you're doing your rounds, I know you can't really join, but thank you for still being here because I see you online. All right, so, uh, you know, again, uh, you must feel it to heal it, okay? So memories of the past, okay, losses or, and traumas are activated in order to change them through memory reconstruction, meaning making and Act, uh, activation of the higher feelings that create a new life direction, okay? That's part of it, okay? I have here corrective experiences, okay? That's, the, that's number six. Uh, and that's the key way to change. Uh, and it's to have a new lived experience that changes old painful emotions forever, Okay, healing through creative out in the world can provide uplifting energetic templates that are different from what you have known in the past. Okay, so sometimes you have to heal through creative practices, okay, with supportive people um, that are in the world to provide uplifting energetic templates. Uh, and they're different from what you have known in the past. You've never seen this type of healing before, but guess what? Sometimes stepping out on faith and trying something new can be very therapeutic and very healing. And being open to that is a beautiful thing. It is possible to correct painful emotions and patterns that were conditioned earlier in time 
in your life through inner mirroring, through the synouter mirroring, through positive relational experiences. Let me tell you something. A lot of times the way that we are is from conditioning, okay? If we don't, if we don't learn from an early age to handle things a, a certain way, we become conditioned to not, to not to handle them. We become stuck. We become conditioned. It's all about conditioning, okay? And so we have to sometimes work on restructuring certain beliefs and realigning ourselves so that we're not stuck uh, in the same place, okay, in, in, in order to heal and in order to grow, okay? Uh, so with new corrective experiences, you can experience interpersonal soothing, dispel limiting beliefs, and receive confirmation about your higher potentials, okay? So I want to just share this with uh, tonight. You know, take some time. Um, take some time to love on yourself. Take some time to say some beautiful words of affirmation to yourself. Take some time to encourage yourself. And take some time to journal. Okay? Reflect on what stage of emotional healing you are currently feeling within. And bring your contemplation to your session, you know. Uh, Just know that you're not alone. There are people that love you. There are people that care about you. And there are people who are also walking in their healing. And so you're not alone. I want to just share that. Um, again, NASCAP here, we have a group of supportive individuals that are on the website. Um, I'm one of them. And we're there to help guide and be a resource. So when you call any of us, uh, if we're not available, we're definitely going to get to the right person to connect you with or forward your information to the right person, okay? If you are dealing with depression, contemplating hurting yourself, taking your life by suicide, please know that you're not alone. And you can call 988. That is the crisis hotline. You're not alone. And for those who are ready to walk in their healing and help, you know, help yourself, seek help. Seek a support group. I know that we do support groups, I believe, on uh, Zoom. Uh, and also you can join us in, on our radio show. Even if you're not ready to share your story and you just want to come on and listen. I had people on tonight just listening. Some people, they're not ready to speak, but they will listen, and that's okay because we're here to remind them that they are not alone. The feeling of trying to recover spiritual healing, uh, you know, Philip chose that topic tonight. Um, I, I was focused on different stages of healing, but he, he wanted to talk about spiritual healing, and so we dove into it where he was, and we came together and we got through those stages. Uh, and talked about them. And then now, you know, we went a little bit into the emotional healing. But I'm going to be honest with you. Healing is a lifelong journey. Healing is not an overnight walk in the park. So 
just understand that it's okay to be gentle with yourself, okay? We become aware. We become aware of our emotions, okay? We begin to regulate our nervous system, working on regulating it, those anxieties and those feelings. We begin to express our vulnerable emotions, okay? We begin to reflect on the meaning of our emotions, and we transform our emotions and are open to new experiences with others and the world. That's what we're talking about tonight. All right. So, Paul, I don't know if you got uh, a few minutes to say anything regarding what we spoke about tonight. I guess she still can't really speak. But, um, again, you know, I just want to say thank you all for joining us tonight. And thank you for for being supportive to survivors of child abuse. Again, we're on scan number 3353. The number to call in is 646-595-2118. I'm your host tonight, Dr. Nancy. I was joined by uh, Philip. He uh, he frequents the show. Uh, and Ms. Paula, she joined us tonight. And I just want to say thank you all for joining me tonight. And thank you to our listeners, to everyone. Have a good night. God bless you. And just remember that you are not alone. Oh.